0: the beginning, man sinned, having been walking with the Lord in the Garden of Eden. And then when man sinned, there was the judgment of God against sin. God will always judge sin. You will never push it under the carpet, never ever. He will always bring sanctions against sin. You see that? And so we see that out of that, a gray period consumed the earth where not much was known what would now transpire. What is going to be of us now? Not much was known. And then we thank God because even as He created man, He always knew that man was going to sin. Man was going to disobey him, fall in sin. And in that disobedience, the Lord knew that where he was walking with man in the cool of the day, sin would create a rift between him and man. You see? And having known that then in the beginning of time he already laid out the redemption plan for mankind again God can never be taken by surprise God Almighty the Lord can never be surprised he sees beyond he knows you may come to him and say Lord bless me but at times He can also know if your heart is corruptible. this one I'll just bless now, but I know that he is going to turn away from me. And so, it's because of that, that the Lord now, in heaven, He already developed a blueprint for the redemption of mankind. In the beginning, as He created, He knew. And so, When that moment had come for now God to reveal to mankind the hidden secret about the redemption of man that was in heaven, kept in heaven, embedded in heaven, what I call to remove the veil from that plan then the Lord sent Melchizedek and that is where we're starting from and that's why you see in that vision he talks about Melchizedek's day is known as the day of light but when he sends Melchizedek in chapter 14 of the book of Genesis we see that Melchizedek comes at a very momentous time when Abraham has just come from fighting the evil kings using the trained Hebrew boys The evil kings then encounter. And it was a time of jubilation. Triumphant time. A time of victory. And then at that time, a time of jubilation and celebration and felicitation, triumph and victory. He encounters Melchizedek. And when he encounters him, some few things take place that I need to focus on today. For you to understand the conversation God is speaking at this hour, I need to derive it for you from there. And Melchizedek appears; he appears before Abraham at the Valley of Shaveh, carrying bread and wine, and he gives them to Abraham. Then he pronounces blessings over Abraham. He pronounces blessings that now you're going to see eternal blessings over Abraham. And then, it's amazing to me because in verse 22 of that scripture comes the most important dialogue, the interaction actually. Because Abraham is able to recognize him. This is power from God, you know. This is a visitation. I have been visited from on high. In verse 22. Let me just read for you as a foundation of scripture. Verse 22. I can start from verse uh, 17. He says, After Abram returned from defeating Kedolomer and the kings allied with him, the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shaveh. That is the valley of the kings. The king's valley. Verse 18, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. And he blessed Abraham saying, blessed be Abraham by God most high. You can see his point of reference. God most high. And he says, creator of heaven and the earth. So when he said God most high, that's the creator of heaven, the God of heaven. And blessed be God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. The king of Sodom said to abram Give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. Verse 22 is key. But Abram said to the king of Sodom. I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, creator of heaven and earth. You see the recognition there. Abraham was able to understand that this is a visitation from on high. This is about Jehovah. This is an emissary of Jehovah, a messenger, an envoy of the Lord. And I have taken an oath that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or a throng of a sandal. So that you'll never be able to say, I made Abram rich. Verse 22 is very key. He recognized him as coming from God most high. So you understand that declaration of kinship when Abram tithed to him, covenanted with him, recognized his authority, fell under his authority. Then he blessed him. But what amazes me, he disappears from that point on. Later the scriptures go silent on this emissary. And we are so blessed that where there were gray areas God is now speaking. He's activating those motifs that were silent in the Bible. And key among the things he's saying is that actually Melchizedek's encounter with Abraham relates to this hour, not just then. And that's why I said, his coming spoke a lot that I'm going to share a little bit on today. Because he comes with bread and wine, and then, but I want to take a chronology here before we come to the bread and wine. You see, chapter 14 of Genesis, he has encountered Abraham, blessed him, and disappeared. I know the naming, the name, also bears a lot. Priest of God, Most High. And then, king of Salem. I'm going to bring it to a place where you will understand that this Jerusalem that he's talking about is actually the new Jerusalem, not now. Because his kingship, his kingdomship reigns forever. It's not the temporary of the earth. Jerusalem, Shalim, you know, king of peace, king of Jerusalem. His kingship and his Priesthood is eternal, so there is no way it would be for this athlete. I'm going to bring it to that place though, later. But I just want first of all to look at the chronology and the cascade of events that transpire out of this unveiling of the redemption plan for men. We see that in chapter 14 there is the encounter, but. Beginning from that moment on, when he has encountered Abraham, the events begin to transpire. What are the events? You go down, for example, to chapter 17, you see that there is now a follow-up visitation. In chapter 17, God follows up with Abraham now to pronounce covenant with Abraham. To cement covenant now. Out of that visitation in chapter 14, when Melchizedek appears, there seems to have been opened a portal, a channel of communication. A door now opened. And that door, that door that opened is a very big door that hinges on your personal life even today. Even can because in chapter 17 now god again presents now to abraham with covenant eternal covenant and i can read just a few verses to ascertain that as i move to chapter 18 and then 22 we'll just touch a few chapter 17 verse 1 for example you can read all through but i'm reading from verse 1 It says when abraham was 99 years old the lord appeared to him and said I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your number. He came to confirm covenant. And read on and on. Then Abraham fell face down and God said to him, "As for me, this is my covenant with you you will be the father of many nations no longer will you be called abram your name will be abraham and he goes on i'm just giving this as to enlighten you on this you know after the first encounter when Melchizedek comes and encounters him blesses him then now we begin to understand the ramifications of that blessing that now god now comes in chapter 17 cements covenant with abraham chapter 18. after that the next part of the cascade the three visitors and if you follow very carefully all of them are following one thing all of them are tracing one thing there's one thing they are following they are following the decree of the blessing Melchizedek declared so you see actually the events the downstream events towards ascertaining the fulfillment of this decree at the valley of Shaveh next now you see in chapter 18 the three visitors that came and they are coming to still talk about the blessing Melchizedek laid bestowed on his life and they say the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great tree of Mamre, where he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby when he saw them he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground he said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord. He recognized them. And you see what transpires from there. If I found favor before you, my Lord. You see, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought. Then you wash your feet and rest under the tree. Let me get something to eat so you can refresh Then go on your way, now that you have come, to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you said. And then I want to jump to verse 9. He says, where is your wife, Sarah? They asked. There in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. So you see the blessing. He came to encounter Abraham. It's as though you are saying, tomorrow, I want to come there. But let me run there, today, before tomorrow, and prepare things there, and put things in place. So when I come tomorrow, everything is lined up. So when he came and encountered Abraham, it's as though he was saying, look, I am coming back through this lineage i had to bless you so all may be well his first appearance he had to bless him because he knew he would come back through this lineage because now down the line we have seen in chapter 17 god affirms a covenant chapter 18 the three guests from on high and by the way the third one that was here was the lord let me share with you when i had such a visitation it was on july 10th night july 11th morning when the lord took me to the throne you know and i had the deliberations about the nations of the earth then he showed me the scroll but that was the first time really i saw the angels flying from heaven then he brought me down again then i saw now the angels coming from his throne the two flying that was really the first time I saw them flying from heaven. Tremendous! It's tremendous. It was shocking when I woke up. I was shocked by this. But anyhow, when they arrived, then the one who was on my left-hand side, who was holding the scroll and talking and telling me about this scroll, and said, "Look, look, this seal is broken now. This seal is broken." But the one who was this who was not talking and there was so much light here. Only later I realized this was the Lord. But anyhow, Abraham realized that later. So you see, they coming to affirm the covenant chapter 17, chapter 18. That covenant, be careful, that covenant. It's an eternal covenant. And in that covenant, he also talks about circumcision and many other things. And in that covenant, he declares fatherhood. That he will be now father of all the nations. That's amazing. Meaning both Gentiles and the Hebrew nation. But then, chapter 18 now, in the cascade down the line, you see very clearly in chapter 18, that now the three messengers have come. Still to affirm this, the proclamations Melchizedek made. To affirm this blessing Melchizedek talked about. And saying, by this time next year, I'll be back. And when I'm back here, your wife Sarah will have a son. Then I begin to understand the blessing. You see that? And that's the problem. The church has made a big error. They have always said, the blessing of Abraham. I I decree the blessing of Abraham, take this land. See until your eyes can see. Whatever, whatever. That is falsehood. Those are lies. The true blessing of Abraham was a spiritual blessing. The blessing that Abraham was given was the blessing that said, and the Messiah shall come out of your lineage. The Redeemer of all men. That one traverses all blessings. These things of the earth, that is alright, God will give you. But I'm talking about the blessing. What is the point owning these things of the earth and failing to enter into eternity? That's why, don't relate it, don't confuse it. These things of the earth that the Lord has given you people now, those are just benefits of following Him. They are not the main issue. The main issue is eternity. Yes. And He was coming to say that the Messiah will come through your lineage. That's why they came to talk about next year at this time, He will have a son. The promise. Hallelujah. And then when you go down further, I want to jump on, you know, step by step. Then let me jump now to 22. Chapter 22, when Isaac has been born, the promise has manifested now. The blessing has happened that Melchizedek was talking about. And in chapter 22, I'm reading just a few verses. You can read verses 1 to 19, though. And it says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham... He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of the Moriah. Which region? Moriah, that's the Temple Mount. And he says, to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. In fact, you could do this. One of the mountains I will tell you about. Because you know the mountain. eh? On Mount Moriah. And he says, verse 3. Early the next day, Abram got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abram looked up and saw the place in the distance. Verse 5, he said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, then we will come back to you. Verse 6, Abram took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abram, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamp for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamp for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on. Let me just stop there for a moment. In the Hebrew context, that's where you pick everything from. Because he says, they were now going. They were now walking, firewood, the fire, knife. You can imagine what was going through the mind of Isaac. Distress, severe distress. You can understand that distress. Where he sweated until now, blood, like blood, blood. Distress, saying, Where is the lamb? He said, Can you take this cup away? Because he was the lamb, Isaac. He was going to be offered. And in the Hebrew understanding in the Hebrew understanding of this the Lord will provide normally in the Hebrew they say the Lord will see to eat. That the Lord will see to eat. And that's why it is said that on the mountain of the Lord the Lord will see to eat that he provides. The Moria that's the temple mount. And when they reached there, laid him on the wood, built an altar, laid him on the wood, and lifted the knife to cut. Then immediately the Lord spoke. What did the Lord say? Immediately the Lord spoke. The Lord asked him not to hurt Isaac. Not to touch him. But further on, down the line, when Abram looks, lift his eye up like this, He saw the ram. He sees the ram caught on its own on the thicket. Brought it and sacrificed it before the Lord. On the mountain of the Lord, the Lord will see to it that He provides. He saw to it that Isaac was saved. There was a promise spoken to Isaac. But what was all this act that the Lord was trying to enact with Abraham? Meaning, this one you've offered is the Lamb of God for sacrifice. Meaning, time is coming when I, Jehovah the Lord, I will send my one and only son, whom I love, the firstborn of heaven, the darling of heaven, to come to the mountain of the Lord and be offered. Now I understand. That's why he blessed him. He will say, All these things are going to happen. He's going to be offered anyway. But it's amazing to me these events a little bit one scripture here for you isaiah chapter 2 isaiah 2 i'm reading from verse 1 i'm reading he says this is what isaiah son of Amos saw concerning judah and jerusalem in the last days the mountain of the lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains It will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many people come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. So you understood, the mountain we're talking about, the Temple Mount. To the house of the God of Jacob, Mm -hmm. which would be built there. To the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, so that we may walk in his paths the law will go out from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Verse 5, let's finish with verse 5. Verse 5 says, Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. So you see the relationship to the mountain of the Lord. Meaning there shall come forth light from the mountain of the Lord. And that light shall be the light of all men. So when he was telling him to go and offer Isaac on the mountain, And then the Lord saw to it that he provided so that Isaac may be saved. He provided now the Lamb of God for sacrifice. In fact, the Passover lamb. And then after sacrificing it, then the Bible says, Abraham saw a vision. He saw the day Jesus was crucified on the cross. You see that now? The Lamb of God. But on all this put together it bespeaks it screams out the look on the mountain of the Lord shall come the path the pathway for all men yes. the path that leads the kingdom of God yes. is through the cross Amen. and if there is somebody out there maybe you are a Christian You have been living a Christian life. Born again. Or maybe you are a pastor. And you tuned in. And then you found this conversation going on. And you also found out that this conversation is addressing some very sensitive issues in Christian lifestyle today in the present church. Many things have been spoken here. If that is you, that you now feel that you have been convicted and you realize that you have been on another course and you want to rethink and change direction before it is too late. Then please, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I have heard your word and so I repent of all my sins now and receive you in my heart right now as my Lord and my Savior and I ask you to establish the Holy Spirit and the word in my heart That on that day when you come for the church my expectation may not be subjected to frustration and dismay but that I may enter the eternal glorious kingdom of God in heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus I am born again. Amen. If that is you that has said that prayer Remember, you have begun a new walk, a new beginning. Stay away from the things of sin, wickedness, and the sin of this world. Begin reading from the book of John if you have a Bible. Go to a Bible-teaching church. Not the other churches, money, comedy, and name it. I'm talking about a Bible-teaching church. And begin to grow as a Christian. Shalom. Remember, I have seen the coming of the Messiah and time is over. Time is out. Shalom.